On this week's bumper show, playoff semi-final delight for High Town manager Steve Watt is looking forward to a date with Whitehawk. We're going out there. We've, we've had to win every game to get this point. All the pressures on Whitehawk again. We'll turn up and try and win a game of football and try and make another upset. But disappointment for Watt's old pal Jamie Coyle as Ramsgate come up short. There's a lot of them guys that haven't had promotions before, haven't been in playoffs before, and they're the ones that I really feel for. But, you know, I said they've got to hold their head up, they've got to get their heads up from tonight, especially the boys that missed the penalties, because, you know, to step up in itself, it's, uh, it takes a lot of guts. Devastation for Canterbury City as they are relegated from the Scaffold Premier. We hear from boss Dan Lawrence. Although inside we kept saying, you know, there's a chance, I think people outside didn't give us a chance so to take it to the final game is probably a testament to how far we've come in such a short space of time really. But going out the other end are Irith and Belvedere their manager Matt Longhurst on the challenges ahead Over the next four to six weeks you're going to see a lot of change at the club you're going to see a lot of things be implemented that I implemented at Ramsgate and you're going to see us build a football club And hoping to not be on this show next season Bromley are I in the Football League We hear from striker Louis Dennis This is the one going up is um. It's the ambition of the club, and um, hopefully we can do it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Only Podcast, sponsored by Nick Cunningham Plumbing and Heating. Uh, it has been an amazing week in Kent Only football. We've got five, yes, five interviews for you that we're pretty sure you're going to enjoy. I've got a feeling in my water it's going to be a good show, this one. Uh, I'm John Phipps, who has just delayed the recording of this week's show for 15 minutes because... I wanted my washing to finish. Uh, and on the line now is a man who probably isn't looking forward to this weekend very much. Uh, Matt Gerard, how are you, mate? Well, wouldn't I? It's a three-day weekend, mate. Well, Life doesn't we'll talk about it later on. Afternoon. I get the feeling that between three and five on Saturday isn't probably going to be your favourite two hours. But we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the show. Um, are, are you well apart from that? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, all good. So, yeah... I've, I've seen some good, been to some really good clubs the last couple of days. Um, yeah, I'm all good, and hopefully the weather's going to improve a little bit. But no, we're all we're all hunky dory here in uh, in sunny Broadstairs. You say three day weekend. We've got all of May's bank holidays, isn't it? There's only one. Yes. I mean, there's only two weekends that aren't bank holidays. Yeah, and the following week as well. So uh, and of course, then I've got the big dog competition. So that's the build up to that, and that's soon. So entrance has gone in. We have got the. Uh, um, the competition that she's in. Would you like to know? Of course. She is. Let me find the piece of paper. We are in the prettiest dog, most ex- appealing expression, and the dog with the waggiest tail. Well, she doesn't really wag her tail. So we, the kids have said we're not going to win that one. Well, but there you go. It was it not one like where it looks like its owner? No, <laughs> no, it doesn't. There isn't one. No, so. Uh, but as the as dog's very dark, but uh, the dog looks like Dennis Healy because it's a minute just now. So with that sort of, well, for the, that's that's one for the younger listeners there, uh, Dennis Healy. But um, no, so that's what we're going for. And I did say that I think um, the top four get a rosette. So I'm pretty confident. I don't know how popular this competition will be that we will come home with a um, a rosette, which will go pride what, what, of place. Is, is it on the is it on the Monday this this Sunday, twelve till two. Oh. And at the bandstand in Broadstairs. So if you live in Broadstairs and you want to see me get excited, so I, I, you know, all I want is one rosette. We could finish fourth out of four. It doesn't matter as long as we get a rosette so I can be proud. I'm genuinely gutted. I think we've got plans that day. Otherwise, I tell you, I'd have been all over that. I'd, yeah. well, I'd have come down and watched. 
my mum's coming and everything so we're getting support so for it excellent well i hope she, uh, that's, that's, she... that's, so that's that's the um, likely the only uh, bit of silverware if we do that i'm going to see for a long time <laughs> absolutely and uh, of course obviously all these people getting excited about bank holidays uh you should try and be a journalist for a living i don't know what a bank holiday is although that said uh, i am actually off three days uh out of four over the weekend so i can't complain that much on this occasion we'll see about the rest of the bank holidays though uh, but this time i cannot really complain uh it's our 254th episode this week which is and you'll like this matt a lazy caterers number now i've said a lot of these random number words uh, but that's a new one uh, more formally known as central polygonal numbers, uh, it describes the maximum number of pieces a disc or a pancake or a pizza is usually used to describe a situation that can be made with a given number of straight cuts. Uh, I also found a band called Two Colon Five Four, who are described as creeping lo-fi pop that will get under your skin by a Guardian review. And the band are apparently named after their favourite part of a song by an American band called the Melvins. I'm not familiar with them either, but I can tell you, have a listen to it that. 254's effort was was pretty harmless stuff to be honest did, did, did you know any of these bands matt never heard of anybody the merlin sounds a great good name for a band but no never never heard of them no. mate. I, i'm still living in the 90s have i complained about amazon music recently have i been on there and complained about that oh no yeah. you can do that at the end if you want oh it's annoying isn't it well you can you can think about that while you're while you're talking through the football stuff but we'll yeah. look forward to the amazon yeah, music man yeah, at the yeah. end yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's just frustrating Okay, uh, let's get on with the show then. And the headlines, of course, are in the Isthmian League Southeast uh, um, and specifically with Hive Town. It was high drama on Saturday as they even got into the playoffs. Uh, they more than did their job as they thumped Hayward Teeth 4 0. But had there been a winner in the game between Cray Valley and Sheppey, that would not have been enough for the Cannons. And when Cray Valley took the lead in stoppage time, it looked as though it was all over for Steve Watts' men. But up popped Eddie Allsop with a leveller for the Ites, knocking both of them out of the playoffs and sending Hythe into fifth place. That meant it was a trip to Ramsgate for Hythe on Tuesday night and after a goalless 90 minutes, the Rams went ahead, but a controversial penalty got the visitors level and so it went to spot kicks, where Hythe progressed by fourth to three. From the lower reaches of the table at Christmas to not being in the playoffs in stoppage time on Saturday, Hythe will now have a chance to get into the Eastman League Premier Division. What a week. Uh, after the game with Ramsgate, Matt spoke to boss Steve Watts and started by asking if it was a great day for the club. Yeah, it just keeps getting better and better, doesn't it? Look, I think that game probably sums up our season, really, in terms of just a never-die-out attitude, really. Um, obviously, look, Ramsgate commi- commiserations to, to Ramsgate. They played very well in the night, but again, didn't really test Steve enough. I didn't think, obviously, they had some good opportunities, but I think we still had the best chance of the game, which Johans was... If it was over the line or not, or not, it must have been very close. Obviously, for it's a post. So we have we have our moments in the game, but we just dig deep. I kept reassuring the players throughout the game. Look, this is us. We live for these moments, tight games, like a, a goal could decide it. It's what we've lived for all season. So as you said, I th- he looked at their boys, went on phase one bit by uh, any stage, and I can't I can't praise the boys enough. Like you see him out there. Look, it's it's as I said, it's summed up our season. Marvin Almond has to come off, got a niggle. Then Jack Stevens has to come off for a niggle. We're, we're, we're patched up basically for the for the last hour of the game. Um, we're two really key figures within that. We've got to change shape, and um, because of the past, now we've got got out there. So look, it's 
it's what we've done all year. We've just made sure we've been very, very difficult side to beat, and um, we always give ourselves a chance. It was a cagey affair, but the longer the game went on, when it was nil-nil, played into your hands. I thought you were the better side in the second half. Yeah, I thought we were. If I'm being honest, I thought, I thought, I thought we are. I thought the Rams get the first half like you would expect. Um, but we were happy for them to have balls in certain areas. They had some good deliveries in the box. But again, Steve wasn't really tested really with anything that's dangerous. Um, but I thought the second half, I thought, like I said, look, we'll, we'll feel our way into the game and we'll get our, our foothold in the game, which I did think the second half. And I think we should have been in front. Um, as I said, you under that opportunity then front hits a post. And um, yeah, with a but when we start making the changes towards the end of the second half I felt I felt Rams get started to get a foothold in the game yeah, after you hit the post they had a couple of chances as well yeah. very basketball at the end yeah, it was it's, look, it's, it's playoff football as I said the boys in there look, we've been playing playoff football for six weeks like we've had to win the last six games to get to this point so um, it's been it's been the case of Boys, it's no different to, to normal to us. Like if there's if there's a, a, a chance even though we're under the cosh, boys are comfortable because um, they're used to it. So as I said, it's uh, we've been st- it's stood us in good stead with the journey we've been on to to, to play at this this point um, in this game. But again, it's just <laughs> it's just fairy tale stuff, really. What can you? Is it, was that a turning point of your season? Because, you know, I think at Christmas you were probably, what, 15th, 16th in the table. Was there a turning point that's got you this far? As I said, well, even when we were at that point, um, with three games in hand, I think we played 16 games at that stage, and I think with three games in hand at VCD, who was seventh, I think, and if we won, we went above them. So I was never worried. Um, but we, funnily enough, we were talking about that day, and there was a point we think they turned our season around. It was, it was a Corinthian game. We didn't deserve to win it. We were 1-0, uh, we're one nil down at half time. Come out second half, we change shape. Corinthian goes straight through one on one. The goalkeeper go round Steve and they hit the post. We, we win a game two one. So uh, it was Mick, Mick the Kitman. We spoke about it on on um, Saturday, and we said that one moment we 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 think from then on we win that game, we win the next four. It catapults us up the league. The boys gain the confidence. I think from that moment is where things have turned around. To be honest, you've only done one half of the job. But how big is it achievement to get to the final? It's a massive achievement to get to playoffs alone, let alone the final. Um, considering what the league's been like this year and what we're competing against, um, it's been a massive achievement. But look, we've always prided ourselves on being difficult to beat. Uh, with the best defensive record in the league, only conceded six goals at home, 17 clean sheets. Disappointed to not have one tonight again, but like 17 clean sheets. And it, it, we, we give ourselves chances to win games, and we've got enough quality on a pitch. Um, to win games of football, uh, and if and if we can stay in games long enough, and we're comfortable in that situation, you find you find teams we play this year maybe don't get so comfortable, panic a little bit. Um, I felt we got to them a little bit in the second half, so it gives us that upper hand a little bit. But um, but yeah, as I said, um, it's it's our pride of not being beaten. That, that we've, and even you look at the first half of the season, we only lost six games, and the second half we lost five. So it's not the losses that has been different; it's the, those draws. If turned into wins, and um, again, but people tend to forget this is a team that's been put together in the summer. Um, one player was a Hive player last year, was Liam Smith. So they've all come in together, and it takes time for that to people get used to working for me, to working working with each other. And I think if you look at it, if you split a season in half, you can see the first half of the seasons are inconsistent. Setting off just a, a model of consistency. I mean, I think someone said we won. Well, this will be 15 games out of 20. I think we've won since the turn of the year. So, um, 
No, it's a massive achievement, and I said, I, I can't. I'm, I, it's all about the players. They've got out there, you see what they give tonight to win. They, that's what they give every week for me. And but then you look at the club itself and what it's been through um, since COVID. Um, I couldn't be happy for the people behind the scenes. And Mick the kit man, um, uh, Martin Giles, Andy Shaw, Tony, all the board members, what they've been through in the last few years. It's it's great we're able to give them this. It's to celebrate. White Hawk. I think you've beaten them once, they've beaten you. What do you expect from them? Be tough down in Brighton? Yeah, really tough game. Look, White Oaks, White Oaks, White Oaks, Oaks a team that's got a history of being two levels above this. Um, certainly when I was at Maidstone, obviously White Oak was, White Oak was in the National South. So they're, they're, they're a club with great history, good side. Um, I think by all counts, too, they beat us 2-0 at their place, but an even game. And the same at our place, it was an even game and we, we managed to win it 1-0. So, look, a tough game. A tough place to go. Everyone knows a White Ox is a tough place to go on a Friday, um, a night, any night of the week. It's a tough one, but we'll go down there and we'll give our all. And again, we've got nothing to lose. Like we said tonight, we're going out there. We've, we've had to win every game to get this point. All the pressures on White Ox again. We'll turn up and try and win a game of football and try and make another upset. How much have you enjoyed this season? You know, you had to leave before with a lack of budget. You come in again. Some people probably may have. Shirked why you've gone back, but you maybe proved them wrong today by getting into the playoff final. No, look, I, I've said it, and people may have laughed at me through the season, but I came back after sitting down with the club. I had less than what I had to start last year, but I still felt I could put a team together on what I was given that could do this. I know the league well, I know what it, ne it needs to get out of it. Um, obviously, I, I made a few inquiries about players, if they, if they would be interested to come, so it gives you a little indication of what kind of team you can build. Um, but I've said all season, this is a playoff team. I've said it all season, and um, I think it's a playoff final winning team. We'll find out on Friday, but... I've always thought it's a team that could get to the playoffs. I always have, but it just takes that continuity to, to, for players to get used to playing with each other, working for me, and every, I felt everything would fall into place, and it has done. And um, I said, there, if, if I didn't think I could put a team in the playoffs, I wouldn't have come back. Now, I don't, I don't, I'm not one who's desperate to be a manager. I like management. I think I'm, I think I'm good at what I do, but it has to be the right fit. If I don't, I don't, I'm not happy to go to a club. Hence, where I left last year when they were just about survival. That's not me as a manager. It's never been me as a player or a person. I want to achieve the highest heights I can achieve. So, as I said, um, that's where I thought I could come back. I could because I could. I could do this. I believed I could do it. As you've heard there, Matt, it's it's Whitehall on Friday night for Steve and his players. But before we talk about that, let's reflect on their achievement to reach this final. How impressive is the job that Steve has done? Uh, for me, uh, he's probably the Kent Manager of the Year because. An unbelievable achievement. I, mean, I you know, had him on, he said there, he only had one player. He left last time because, you know, they, he wanted to be successful. And there's a few sort of um, eyes raised, eyebrows raised, I suppose, when uh, he came back to the club, I thought that, you know, what, what's he doing there? What's changed? Because, you know, I've not a club with a lot of money, I would have thought. So, but he's gone in there and done an absolutely unbelievable job. And what I would say, of course, we've interviewed him before, on this, and I've interviewed him when he was Margate manager. I don't know, this is a bit patronising. For me, he's matured as a football, as a manager, because, you know, well, after I was speaking to him there, of course they've won, it's a fantastic result, but you could feel that, you know, he's happy in his own skin, going back to Hythe, um, and clearly the players are going to work for him, and I would quite listen, because, you know, he's a passionate, expressionate manager, and to what he's done at Hythe, is quite an unbelievable job, I think, because 
nobody, and I mean nobody, saw that they would get a, get anywhere near. I, I didn't even think they get top ten, John. But no, they, yesterday they were very organised and resilient. And after ten minutes, I turned to Craig Tucker, the KM, and said, "I fancy Hyde here because quite tactically, right? We'll hit. You know, they don't concede goals. Conceded six goals at home. Phenomenal. Seventeen clean sheets. So, you know, for me." my style of management if you can't concede you're not going to lose and they were very well drilled very well organized and as the game went on they got stronger and stronger um they were the better side in the second half i thought got the extra time they were quite clearly settled for extra time and then they got the result but phenomenal achievement i cannot underestimate Hive. if they could get through to the Ryman premier league from where they were 18 months ago. Unbelievable job. And Steve Watt earning a good reputation in the game for, for what he's done there. I, I was so very, very, very well impressed with him. He's only 37, Steve Watt, as no, well. But you know, but you feel, you know, yeah, maybe no, no, the other job. I know what you mean, yeah. I know what you mean, absolutely. And, and I think, you know, I've, I've just, funny enough, just called up while you were chatting there, their team from last night. And... You know, I don't think they've got a massive squad and I look at that squad and, and I reckon their budget is probably bottom six, bottom seven in that division. But there are some good players there and he's obviously got them playing the way he wants them to play. And as you say, that home record, only conceding six goals in, what, 19 home games, that's unbelievable. And like, you know, I, I don't know, so I don't know exactly what, what the budget is. I've got a rough idea what it was last season um, from, from what I've heard and, and conversations that I've had. But, you know, they've knocked out some sides in, in the, who haven't made those playoffs who are paying a lot of money. And then they've gone and beaten a side who we know have paid a fair amount of money. I mean, this, Rowan Lyberg's not paying for nothing, is he? Um, you know, and I think that's it's just testament to, to what Steve Watt has done there. Uh, and it's an absolutely phenomenal job. And do you know what? They go to Whitehawk on Friday night. And if I was Whitehawk, I wouldn't be particularly thrilled because I would look at it and I think, well, do you know what? They've come into this on such great form. Their their confidence must be absolutely through the roof. Um, and it, uh, it'll be really interesting to see how, how the game goes. The only disappointment, Matt, is obviously if the, semi-final, if the final had been at Ramsgate, I was going to come along and we could have had an evening together. Unfortunately, that's now been gone because I'm guessing you're not going to come and spend your Friday in East Sussex with me, are you? No, I am not because that is a bit of a trek. Are you going to go to the final? I certainly am. Yes, I've already uh, well, I've already emailed and asked for a press pass, but we'll see uh, if that comes back. If not, I'll just pay to get in. Doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. But yeah, I will, yeah, I will be there on Friday night. Uh, looking forward to it. It's only about an hour down the road from me, um, so it should be uh, should be good fun. I've I've been to Whitehawk or oh, three times. I think I've been there. Uh, maybe two, two or three times I've been there. Um, I was there last season. I saw Corinthian there last season. And I mean, to be fair, what I will say about it is it's a it's a tough place to go because it's it's called the enclosed ground when it, it should be called the completely bloody wide open and freezing cold ground. Um, but also they get a good number of supporters in there who make a good lot of noise. Uh, and, you know, I've seen the penalties for, from the game uh, that the Hive took. Uh, and quality penalties. It, it didn't that they were great especially the first one um but it didn't seem to me matt like there were that many high supporters there on tuesday night it was a sort of pocket a uh, pocket full by the sort of corner folk. they made themselves heard and steve what i think went over and um 
shook them all by the hands. They're more, I think, more mature fans who've been there a long time. So it'll be interesting to you think uh, again. Uh, Johan Carney Brian up front. I saw his dad again. I remember, remember I saw him earlier in the season um, when did. he was watching Beckenham, and I shook him by the hand and said he was looking forward to it. And, and he he said, you know, the turnaround in the form has been good, and he had a good game. You know, in, in, in the style that in the, or the formation that Hive play, he is basically the lone striker, and he held the ball up well um, and had a good game. I thought, and he won the penalty. I haven't seen the penalty back again. Have you seen it? I've not seen it, but uh, I mean, people are going to hear shortly the opinion of the op- opposing manager. Did, did yeah. you think at the time it was a penalty? Uh, no, but Matty Adams, you know my mate, hairdresser, I've texted him because he's there, and he was like, so close to it, and he said straight away it was a pen, and oh, he's Ramsgate yeah. side of it. So uh, um, I haven't seen it. I'll try and look at it again. Steve Watt admitted it was, you know, maybe a little bit, but. I think they deserved it. I think a, a draw was probably the fair result in the game. I thought both sides had the chances, but from there. And also, when you look out for me, Marcus Goldsmith for high, the left fullback, very good yeah, player. Really? I think he used to be at Hastings, a part of Hastings when they got promoted, but I thought he was an excellent, very good, very good. Paxman, Jack Paxman had a good game for Rams, got a thought. But Marcus Goldsmith for me was the man of the match. Very solid left back, good at getting forward. Um, yeah, I, I thought he was uh, very good. So keep an so eye for him and uh, Johan Carney Brown. And if you see his dad, send him my guards. That's one of the things where actually I just had a very quick look down the side. And he was the one name that I actually wasn't that familiar with. And that's not necessarily me being ignorant. But, you know, but for you to say he was the best player in the park, he's really good. And before we move on from Hythe, because we are going to hear from Ramsgate as well. Um, I'll put a little post up on the Facebook chat group, uh, Kent Only Football Chats, asking for people's manager of the year. Uh, on Saturday, I did this. Uh, and there were a lot of uh, nominations for Dennis Catrib, understandable. Um, you know, you look at the job that some other people have done elsewhere. Um, you know, Jimmy Anderson at Rustall, for example, has done a great job, you know, w- with what the resources that they've got. Um, you know, you, obviously, Kevin Haight, back-to-back promotions. But for me, no matter what happens on Friday, Steve Watt, that the job he has done this season is absolutely phenomenal. And, and for me, I think you're going to be hard-pushed to find a, a better candidate to be Kent's Manager of the Year than Steve Watt. Yeah, I think fair play to Darren Blackburn as well, former City Moor manager. He's managed to get some of the players in he's worked with before. And I think they're a really good team together. So good um, managerial pair. And, and I think Hyde are very lucky to have them. Um, I don't know, you know, if he's successful, I'm sure other clubs will be looking at Steve Watt. And as I say, to me, he's matured as a manager in that time. So he is a better manager now than he was when he was at the Margate job. You know, you think about Maidstone when he was there for a couple of years, you know, we're talking to Craig about this, you know, he had three games when Jay Saunders uh, was left Margate, uh, Maidstone, sorry, and they lost all three, um, but only by one goal to nil each one. And Georgia Kobe has played 18 games, hasn't won a single one, and he got the job from that. So, you know, but again, Steve Watt, as you mentioned, 36. Um, 37. His CV's looking good. Uh, again, fantastic. It just, uh, you know, the team was lined up how I like to be lined up, John. They were strong, resilient, and hit them on the counter-attack. And fair play to Franny Collin as well. You know, still going strong at 35. Um, defensively was good. You know, not as he never had any pace in the first place, but he important player for that. And, you know, you could see how happy he was in the final whistle. 
I would imagine so. And, and you know, fair play to, to everyone at Hightown and all those players. You've done a great job. Uh, one more challenge to go on Friday night, lads. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll, you'll get the result. And, and just quickly, Darren Blackburn, you mentioned there. Um, obviously, we had him on the show a couple of times uh, when he was sitting board manager. I thought he was quite hard done by at sitting board last year. Um, and great to see him uh, helping Steve Watt to, to, to a great uh, achievement at Hightown this season. Uh, as we say, though, Matt, uh, there was a winner in high but there had to be a loser as well and that was Steve Watts old pal from his Maidstone days Jamie Coyle whose Ramside just came up short finished second uh, lost on penalties and he also spoke to Matt after the game yeah obviously it's gutting um, the boys done so well tonight as well and uh, yeah I just feel for them really they, they've worked their socks off the, the, I think we was on top for the majority of the game and, and the referees give a, an outrageous penalty decision that even Watty and their bench was laughing at and uh, yeah and sometimes you can't legislate for them decisions and uh, it's then led to us getting into a penalty shoot and then um, unfortunately we've uh, we just come short tonight very cagey affair I thought in the first half I thought you were the better side in the first half you disappointed you didn't Get, get that opening goal because I think their tactics were just to soak up the pressure during the game yeah it was it was a little bit nervy in the first 20-25 minutes on both sides but um, yeah you know they, they asked questions as well they got like, obviously the long throw that, that caused us quite a few problems but our boys defended brilliantly tonight and uh, yeah I mean we was on top but I don't think we created enough clear cut chances and that was to kind of summarise the whole game although we had a lot of possession we didn't really create any clear cut chances to, um, to obviously get ahead in the game so they defended brilliantly and, and so did we so you know it was it was a good game of football I thought but it's just a shame that uh, a referee decision is uh, is obviously led to us being knocked out you managed to speak to the referee yeah yeah even the fourth official agreed that it wasn't a penalty but um, yeah you know you just can't as I say it's difficult isn't it? it's difficult to take if you're beaten by a better side or um, you don't deserve to, to win a game then you, you kind of you can take it but yeah tonight is tough it's really tough I just feel for the boys you know they've, they've had a brilliant season and uh, to go out to to a decision like that is, is, is harsh, harsh you had a huddle after the game what did you say to your players there I just thanked them really you know since I've come in we've lost one game in 15 in the league um, they've, they've worked their, their backsides off for us you know they've given everything that they possibly could um, but it's just it's, it's come up short you know I think the key word that we've used in recent weeks is uh, is quality in the final third and we've created a lot of opportunities but just not had the, the killer pass or the killer finish and some of the, the, the opportunities we did have you know, you're just thinking on any other day you kind of take them and it's, it's a lot more comfortable than it was but you know like I say the, the effort and the desire and the work ethic that, that they've shown for, for the games since I've taken over has been outstanding and uh, like I say there's a lot of them guys that haven't had promotions before haven't been in playoffs before and they're the ones that I really feel for but you know I said they've got to hold their head up they've got to get their heads up from tonight especially the boys that missed the penalties because you know to step up in itself it's uh, it takes a lot of guts but yeah it's, it's tough you know especially straight after the game to to reflect on it but um, I just hope now that what he goes on and, and gets promoted I really do you know we'll be supporting them on the last game now and uh, hopefully they'll, they'll do it on Friday You've been in the game a long time. It still hurts for you know the way you can see you in your face. Yeah, of course, of course. You know it's uh, 
like I say, it's, it's a lot easier if, if you don't deserve to win a game or, or the opposition are on top and are creating loads of chances and, and you lose, you kind of go, OK, we didn't really perform very well tonight and we probably didn't deserve it. But, you know, you, you're reflecting now on, on, a, on a crazy decision that, that has cost us um, going into the final. So, yeah, like I say, it, it's, it's difficult, but, um, you know, we're, we're at lick our wounds and uh, I think the players will, will grow with, with that experience from today. What about you personally? Are you going to still be here next season, or anything talking to you beforehand? What are you going to? What's your theory? I know you were thinking of stopping playing. You didn't. You were on unused sub today. Yeah, I don't know. To be honest with you, um, I, I don't know. It's. Uh, I think we just got to dissect tonight and uh, obviously just just reflect maybe in the next couple of days. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a, a conversation um, with the chairman. But yeah, there's been no conversation before tonight. Um, so yeah, we're very unclear at the moment. The club's in a place to go up, though, isn't it? The positioning, you know, a good community club. So it's just getting that over that final hurdle. It is, you know. I think I said it in the press in the week. You know, when we came here two seasons ago to see the transformation of the pitch, the, the fan base, the, the bar area. There's been, a, you know, the, the chairman's been outstanding in terms of turning this club around because it was one of the worst places to ever play in a non-league many years ago. And, you know, to, to come here now and see you've got the, all the youth team players, you've got the coaches, you've got the parents as well as the fans. It's it's such a good vibe around the place. And, uh, you know, that's the, the gutting thing as well. This club really does deserve to, to move to the next level. And, uh, yeah, we've just we've just fallen short this season. Brilliant. A quick, a quick word on that. Um, you're in the World Cup veterans. What's, can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so I've been selected for the, the seniors World Cup. Um, How did that come about? Um, just just had a phone call. I think because I'm a, an old git, it's, I'm, I'm one of the oldest players that are still playing in, in step four. So um, I, I think that might have been flagged up and been watched a few times. And yeah, they made the phone call and, and asked if I'd like to go. I've always wanted to go to Thailand as well. So it's an opportunity to go and represent my country, which I'm obviously massively proud about. And uh, hopefully we can uh, bring back the World Cup. Anybody else you, play, you know who's in the team you played with before? Um, not that I've played with before. No, obviously you have got people like Andy Hessen, Tyler, Nicky Southwood that have been out before, and and uh, they won the last one in 2019, I believe. So I think there's a lot of ex-professionals um, that have played in the Premier League, and, and there's old Jamie Coyle from Ramsgate Football Club. So uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it'll be a great experience and an opportunity, like I say, to to get some caps and, and to play for your country. It doesn't come around often. So um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, I've written down here, safe to say he didn't think it was a penalty then, Matt. Uh, we kind of already touched on it, but you could hear the disappointment in his voice there, couldn't you? Yeah. Um, I thought they didn't really get into the game as much as they could have done in the first half, created too many chances. But, yeah, uh, he's done a good job there, though. One defeat in 15 games, isn't it, since he's come in charge? Just lack of quality in the final third. Um, you could see that he, again. Played it maybe into high strengths because their crosses were coming from deep into the penalty area. Lex Allen, you know, big, tall defender, decent defender, but physicality against Rowan Lyburn was going to be a problem. They didn't sort of get the ball into Lyburn as much as they could have done, I think. And and they'll be disappointed. Ramsgate um, probably the final ten, fifteen minutes they were knocking on the door, but didn't really create that many chances throughout the game. So I think. They'll look back on and you know, I think Jamie Coy didn't they didn't want to know if he's going to be didn't allude to that he's staying on next season what Ramsgate got to do but I think they they were bitterly disappointed the supporters were bitterly disappointed they thought they were going to do it this year I think Jamie Coy was a good manager he's a um, 
just frustrating for them. But they'll have to go again. I'm sure some of those players will go. I'm sure um, TJ, the uh, excellent midfielder, will, will probably move on to probably Conference South. I think he's a good player. Um, it's interesting to see how they go from here, what they do on the managerial situation, because you know they've come well close in two years, but at the moment it just hasn't happened for them. It's it's an interesting conundrum, isn't it? Because there was a again a post on the Facebook group saying, did they make the wrong call in getting rid of Steve Lovell? And, and you do kind of look at it and think it's two seasons running where Ramsgate have made a, a latest change uh, of manager. As, as you say, that they didn't lose a lot of games under Jamie Coyle. But a couple of draws did cost them ultimately because they looked like they were going to win the league. I mean, and, and then just, just when things got to the crucial stage, Chatham found their form and ran away with it. And Ramsgate just stuttered ever so slightly. I mean, briefly on uh, on Saturday, they were even third in the table uh, until Corinthian got an equaliser at Whitehawk. So, you know, they'll be disappointed. But momentum is, is always key, isn't it? And, and as you say, Ramsgate disappointed to be in the playoffs. Hyde absolutely chuffed, and now Hyde are still going, and Ramsgate are even more disappointed. Yeah, I think Ramsgate as a club are going in the right direction. A good crowd there yesterday. Um, the infrastructure's in place um, for them. It's just getting to that next level. I think some of it maybe is, you know, get, sacking the managers or moving managers on. I think you've got to give somebody a, a full season maybe to, to get them up. Because there is some good players there, good players coming through the academy as well. But it, it will be a season of what could have been, I think, for Ramsgate a little bit from that point of view. And it will be interesting to see what they do um, going forward. I feel from there, because some of the supporters I know were absolutely gutted. You follow them all through the season and just missing out there because, you know, they thought, you know, our home form's good. We've got two games here. We've got a chance. I suppose as well, you know, double disappointment. They missed out on the Kent Senior Cup final as well. And, you know, it's a flat end to the season for Ramsgate and and, and really, uh, really disappointing for them. And as you say, Matt, I know uh, you spoke before, we started recording about someone who I know down at Ramsgate as well. It was bitterly disappointed. And you feel for people like that because, you know, there are great people behind the scenes at Ramsgate. Um, And as he's, you know, and as there are at Hyde as well, to be fair. But you, you just feel disappointed for those people that have put all that effort in and they've just come up so short. Uh, it's such a pity uh, for Ramsgate, but massive well done to Hyde and massive, massive good luck to them on, on Friday night. As I say, Matt, uh, I will be there. Whitehawk, a different side to what they were last year. They've got a good manager um, and the guy used to be at Hayward Heath Saunders and they will be a threat. You know, they, they've been very good. But who's if you'd said to me... I, when it was in stoppage time on Saturday, hi, they're going to be in the final. You wouldn't have believed it because they weren't even in the playoffs. So who's to say they can't go in and complete the job on Friday night? Well, they'll go full of confidence. Um, I have to say uh, from that, they're not going to fear anybody. And as I, the longer the game goes on where it's tight, the more confident I would be that uh, Hive could get promoted and it'll be a real, Rags to riches story, I would have thought. An amazing story if they did that. Yes, of course. And if you're down at the game on Friday, do feel free to come and say hello to me. Uh, I believe I'll be standing with a, another uh, Isthmian League manager. Uh, so we'll be having a chat. So if you want to come and say hello, do feel free. Uh, White Hawks space in the final, of course, came at the expense of Beckenham after the Hawks won the winners uh, in that game on Tuesday night. A, a really disappointing end 
uh, for the Becks. But what a season they've had, Matt. Yeah, again, when I've been there twice this season, really great club, really friendly people. They'll be disappointed. It was a tough game going to Whitehawk, but if they can keep the bases of the players next season, they'll be one of the favourites to do it. Um, I think the game got a good infrastructure at that football club. Uh, it's just a shame. So I always felt Whitehawk would be the favourites, as you mentioned before, what it's like to go down there. Just couldn't get it over the line, but Good season um, if you'd offered them the playoffs. But again, next season will be the challenge for them. Right, let's go one better. Maybe not be in the playoffs. Let's win the division. Uh, the other big news from that division this week is the start of the managerial merry-go-round with Tommy Warlow just departing Ashford. Uh, after losing the playoff final last season, the Nuts and Bolts finished this season eighth. Just never really got going this campaign, did they, Matt? And, and maybe time for a change? Um, I think looking at it after last season when they came close, Last couple of seasons to come close to get into the um, the next league above. Uh, the way they tailed off at the end of the season, um, disappointing for Tommy because we know what what a good man is. Uh, Tommy as a as a as a manager and as a person, um, um, just gutted he hasn't managed to get Ashford over that next level. But I'm sure there's other managerial vacancies in the in the Espion South East Division and other clubs will be looking at him to take it on because you'll know what you'll get with Tommy. You'll get yourself a side organised, well-drilled and successful. I feel, I don't know, I feel like at the start of the season, they were one of the favourites for the division yep. uh, for me, Ashford. And, and you know, I, it's it's the age-old problem for Ashford United. I've got the average attendance figures in front of me. Um, Chatham, 1,004. Ramsgate, 765. Ashford, 333. Seventh best in the league. You know, it's no, it's no disgrace by any stretch of the imagination. But for a town the size of Ashford, surely they should be getting more people in through, through the doors. Um, you know, I know they've got their difficulties. I know they're not quite in the town centre, but the potential is there for Ashford. But it doesn't look like Tommy's been able to unlock it. And, you know, he's a, a very dedicated Ashford man. I think he played for Ashford during his career. Um, you know, so I, I kind of, I don't know what to say. If it didn't work under Tommy... How can it work for Ashford United at the moment, the way things are going? You know, they're, they're, they've got potential, you know, and, and people that are involved in the club seem to say it, it, it's a really good place to be involved in, but the people of Ashford aren't getting behind them and, and that would be a concern, surely. Yeah, I think I think the location doesn't particularly help them, does it, where they are? I know they're trying to put houses in there and things like that. And I don't know if people get in Ashford. It's probably, uh, it's a good area. There are a lot of people moving in. Again, it's just marketing the club in the right direction. I think if you can do, um, yeah, yeah. Again, another community club who do, you know, I'm a good friend of mine plays for the ladies team, and they said they're a really well organised, well uh, liked club. You know, helping everybody there, so they're going in the right direction somehow. Yeah, they'll be looking at like the likes of Chatham, the likes of Ramsgate. How can we get more people through the gates um, to be successful? Um, that's an interesting stat you said there, John, because you said that I've only had that, the gates haven't really increased that much. So really interesting to see what, if they can sort that out. 118,000 people living in Ashford, according to the oh, yeah. research I've just done. So, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it is difficult because they're not in the centre of town. But still, you would think that they could be getting more people through. And it's one of those, I suppose, where if you're winning games of football week in, week out, then people want to come. But, you know, they've got some good players there. They've got some... They've had some good results. 
yeah, it just hasn't worked out for them this season. I suppose they'll be keen to just put it behind them. New manager next season, whoever that may be, there's a few candidates floating around um, that that I've seen, and you know, it, it's an appealing job for someone, absolutely. And you would and you would think that you know, if you get the right man in there, not that Tommy Warlow shouldn't have been the right man, but if you can get a good start, get some momentum, then there's absolutely no reason why they can't uh, why they can't be there or thereabouts next year. I would, I would certainly always expect Ashford to be in and around the playoff places all the time they're in this league. Yeah, I think that they've got the ability to support a Ryman Premier, at least be in Premier League club. Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for them there. I, I, again, probably at the start of the season, we probably tipped them to win the league and finishing eighth is not a good look and I feel for Tommy, but I'm sure Tommy will be back. Yes, yeah, so you can check out all the results from the final day on the Isthmian League website. Uh, there is also going to be a playoff on Saturday to determine the final places in step four for next season. Uh, Phoenix Sports will be playing VCD. Uh, we've only just found that out. Unbelievably, the games were played on Saturday. We knew the final positions on Saturday. But it took until, what, nearly six o'clock this evening for the FA to confirm those fixtures. Uh, but it will be VCD Athletic at home to Phoenix Sports in that game this weekend. Um Possibly the logical thing. I was certainly hoping that that wouldn't be the case uh, and that we could find a way that those two teams could possibly both be in the Eastman League Southeast next year. Um, there are some ridiculous journeys uh, in this in these playoffs. There's a team from Scunthorpe, Matt, who've got to travel to Essex on Saturday and they've got three days notice. Uh, also, Redbridge. Well, what, what, why is it taking them so team. long to sort this out? I have got absolutely no idea. I don't. I'm not sure that the FA could organise a drink up in a brewery. Um, is the polite way of putting that. I mean, I don't know why it took them so long. The clubs have been waiting and waiting and waiting to get it confirmed. But I suppose what we do know is that that's going to be a big old game at VCD on on Saturday between two clubs who are, I'd say, they're both Isthmian Southeast sort of level sides. But only one of them is going to be there next year, and and that will be a, a keenly contested game, I'm sure. Yeah, I, I didn't realise how close they were to each other. So um, eleven minutes walk. Yeah. What I will say as well, why it seems fair. Why are VCD the home side? Surely, if you had got into the relegation playoff, the advantage should go to the side who's had a better season, and they should play the game at home. That was the rule they decided on. I mean, to to be, let's make this clear. This is the second and final season of this relegation promotion playoff nonsense. Uh, But they decided last year that the step 14 should get home advantage. I'm guessing maybe that was part of why the Isthmian League agreed to it, to give their their member clubs a chance, uh, a better chance. Um, But I suppose it also is a bit of a leveller maybe in terms of, as you say, Phoenix Sports have got a lot more momentum than... Um, VCD will have but VCD have now got that home advantage which maybe cancels it out a little bit I don't, I don't know seems uh, uh, seems straight and it's, why it's taken so long and the good so they could have played somewhere different than where they should have done really but luckily if, if, it, if it was a draw clearly they, you know, we'll never know but that's it um, you would have thought that Phoenix with the experienced players would they be favourites? Would you, in your eyes? I think you would say they'd probably be favourites because, as you say, experienced players know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, they've been on a good run of form, whereas VCD haven't. Um, I think, yeah, I think it's a. Uh, 
I think it's, it's going to be a very tight game. I, I really do think it's going to be a tight game. Uh, but I would say that, yeah, if you asked me to to put a bet on now, I'd probably say Phoenix Sports would shade it. But it should be an absolute cracker of a game. And 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 do you know what? Massive good luck to both teams. I, I'm, it's a shame I can't make it on Saturday. I've got I've got work and other commitments. So I would have loved to have gone to that one as well. But uh, you know, it should be a, a really good game. And, and good luck to, uh, to to both of those teams. And as I say, I'm I'm frankly gutted that there can only be one winner out of those two because it would have been much nicer, for example, if. Phoenix had got to play Haywards Heath and beaten Haywards Heath and VCD had beaten someone else. You know what I mean? I think it would yeah, have been, yeah. I'd have much preferred it if those two teams had been kept apart. But geographically, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it, with the uh, with the 11 minute walk between. Well, the again, another thing that annoys me, you know, the whole season, 90 minutes, then penalties. They're not having extra time either. Just, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, well, thank goodness it's the last time they're doing this, this thing. And next season, we've got the playoffs and. Um, from that point of view, but it does seem to be think you know they make things up as they go along. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, but I hope it's a good game. I was going there, and until situations changed, um, <laughs> closer to home. Yes, we'll talk about that shortly. Uh, Phoenix did secure second spot with their win over Kennington on Saturday as the scaffold season came to a close uh, when the final relegation place was also decided. And it was disappointment for Canterbury City as they were confirmed as finishing second from bottom after a 1-1 draw with champions Irith and Belvedere. Uh, I went along to that game at Woodstock Park and afterwards I spoke to City boss Dan Lawrence. Yeah, it's uh, gutting really because we're coming into it in good form. Maybe hoping that they might rest a few, but I think they went as strong as they could. Um, but, you know, we've done a lot of hard work to get ourselves into a situation because yeah, six weeks ago, although inside we kept saying, you know, there's a chance. I think people outside didn't give us a chance. So to take it to the final game is probably a testament to how far we've come in such a short space of time, really. I think that's the thing. Like, I mean, it, when you, for large parts of the game, yeah, they, they were strong, but you wouldn't have said it was top against bottom. No, first half, I thought we did really well. We set up, they changed formation. I expected them to go 4 2 3 1, but they went 3. Um, but I thought we gave it good as we got in transition. They were good because their wingers played high, but um, we create chances. We could have gone one up 30 seconds into the game and we a few set pieces. Um, then you go 1-0 down and you think, what's the character like? And we get back to 1-0 just for half-time. And that's what we said at half-time, that you know, we're more than a match for these. We beat Erif last week. We're, we're going toe-to-toe with the leaders. Perhaps our, our league position is probably a little bit false for our form. Um, we've just got to believe. And in the end, we, we had to gamble a little bit in less spaces and just trying to, trying to nick something at the end. Would it have been worse to have won and then come off and found out that that wasn't enough? <laughs> That's what we just said in there. I don't know. You always try and do your job and I tried not to look as much as I could but then I, I had a sneak peek halfway through the first half and which were winning 1-0 so you think, you know, what if? Um, and then even with 10 to go, I shouted over to the bench how it was and it was 2-all. So it's, yeah, it's one of them that we needed to do our job which we didn't and then hope that the gods were with us. So... Um, but as you said, from where you were, um, from when you, from where you were when you took over, I think if someone had said to you, when you took over, the day you took over, you'd take it to the last day of the season, you'd have beaten New Town and all that. Yeah. You'd have, you probably wouldn't have believed it. No, no, definitely. And maybe I was a bit naive coming into football management and, and underestimated how long it probably took to get settled and, and get the players in you want. So we probably didn't really get settled till mid-February. Um, found our formation, found what worked. So we were slow getting going and. But from the Tunbridge Wells win, I think in the last eight or nine, we've won four, drawn three, lost two. So it's it's really good form. It's just a shame it comes so late. So I didn't get the job two weeks, three weeks earlier. 
it's, it's frustrating though but I mean being here you know I mean it was a big game today and, and still there wasn't loads and loads of people here and, and you know yeah. I, th- I think this whole season has been one to forget for Canterbury City hasn't it yeah yeah I mean I was part of the, the squad last year and when I heard the move to Sittingbourne like, I don't know what options were on the table but it's a big ask for fans to get out of here for, for a following that we've been ground sharing since it's reformed and then you're asking people to get here with no transport links and you know, we tried to raise, had some mascots today, reduced entry, free for kids, just to try and create a bit of atmosphere today. And, yeah, it was quite nice to be clapped off at the end. Um, but it's always difficult when we're out here. But hopefully next year at Margate, we might start building up, a, drumming up a bit of bit of interest in the club again. And, you know, it's a fresh start for us. The board and chairman have been superb since I've come in. It's, um, it's hopefully moving in the right place. It's just a shame that we've, uh, we're going to have to build from the league below. All that obviously negative of being relegated aside, if you can win a few games, then that will certainly start spreading the word a bit more, won't it? And and you might find within two or three months you're getting big crowds in, and, and there's a real feel good factor around the place. Of course you are. Yeah, you see it. You see it every level when when a team's right near the top or goes on a cut run, you see loads of people flocking through the gates. If they're in a relegation battle, it's half the crowd. It doesn't matter what level you're at. So yeah, maybe it might be if we can keep the core of what we got together which I hope we do because they're, they're a brilliant set of lads that are playing for next to nothing and run themselves into the ground so if we can keep them and build again next year and try and some momentum near the top of the league and challenge again hopefully it might drum up some interest and you know and then hopefully plan at the end of the year will go in and then hopefully you know we might start seeing a bit of positivity around Canterbury but you never know you said you underestimated what it was going to be like as a manager how, how have you found it generally? loved every second of it yeah I think Maybe I thought I could get my message across quicker than I did. Um, and obviously, when I come in, the first transition, we had 27 players. I had a squad from before that, no disrespect, were bottom of the league and really struggling. Um, and I brought some players in. And I thought I could probably get a settle quicker than we did. Um, then we were tweaking formations, players fine. I mean, Henry Arnold started out as a winger. Um, and then we had to go for a game and chucked him up front and he was a completely different player and he's, his goals have got us into this situation so I mean it took us a month to find that position for him and he felt comfortable in it so yeah I think and then I've spoke to other people like Sammy Moore at Faversham I spoke to um, Steve Abort at Phoenix and he was talking about when he went in last year and, it, and they've all said the same thing it takes time to get your message across and that's probably a bit of naivety on my part but uh, hey we, we learn and, but I am loving it um, the message hopefully is coming, still coming down from the chairman that we that I'm still in charge next year. So, uh, yeah, just to rebuild and try and go again. When I spoke to the chairman a few weeks ago, he said oh, you didn't want to say how good you were. He was worried <laughs> people are going to come come sniffing around. But I suppose what you're saying there is you really hope you're in charge of Canterbury City next year at Margate. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm loving it. We've got a, a great changing room. It's positive. You know, even when we weren't winning games, the, the atmosphere was good. Even the chairman said that. He said the boys seem like enjoying it. We built a good atmosphere, and that's ultimately what it's about. Because some games you can't be good. But if you're together and fighting for it, you can still get results. So, um, yeah, hopefully looking forward to just getting the summer in. I think we'll probably have a couple of days off and then start talking to players and try and build for next year. So I was going to say, what, what is it now? Do you have, do you have a, bit of, a bit of a break or is it almost straight away you're thinking, well, we've got a step six campaign here? <laughs> yeah, so we're going to digest today. We've got a presentation tonight. We're going to go out for a, a few drinks. We was open to celebrate, but I think we're still going to go out and enjoy each other's company because they've done well. Um, and yeah, then we've got a meeting scheduled for next weekend where we, we look at how we go next year and what players we're hopefully like I said I hope we keep the majority of them um, but there's going to be people sniffing around um, so it's just planning and see who we can start talking to and try and get in as early as we can As horrible as this sounds do you hope this is the low point for Canterbury City? Yeah yeah I hope so as much as it is a low point and relegation is not nice I mean you speak to the board you speak to people that do watch us and 
I've had some really nice comments this, this year from other managers. Like I said, Steve Boyle's messaged me, which was really nice of him. Something to flick, you know, all these managers messaged me saying what a brilliant job we've done and how different the side is to when they played them the first time. So, I, obviously, I'm gutted we've gone down and ultimately I failed in my job, but I need to quickly switch to positivity, right? Let's, let's try and stay together and build for next year and get bounce back as quickly as we can. As I said to him there, Matt, let's hope for Canterbury City's sake that this is the low point. This is the Nadir and they can come back from this and come back stronger. Yeah, it's a difficult one. Um, it's been going on such a long time where they are. They've got relegated. It's going to be tough for them next season. Hopefully being at Margate, so if they can just galvanise the squad, get galvanised a little bit of support. But as a club, they're never going to go anywhere until they can get... Um, their own ground. I suppose, you know, a lot of people live in, we said about a lot of people live in um, Ashford, a lot of people live in Canterbury. I suppose Maidstone did it without a ground. They managed to get up a little bit through the levels and then when they got the ground, look at where they went to there. So if they can do that, but again, that's probably a long, long process and good luck to Dan there. Um, He sounded sounded really bitterly disappointed that he couldn't do it after he'd done a half decent job getting them... um, to the final game of the season to stay up. But yeah, it must be different, different, disappointing. And maybe they can have a link up with Margate. It's under 23s or something there. Maybe it allows them to attract a different style of player being based in Margate when they can do it as well. So um opens up a little bit. Yeah, disappointing. Um, did you think they had a basis of a side for next season, John, that could uh, uh, compete in the uh, FL1? I would say so, actually. I thought they had some good young players uh Henry Arnold, who scored a lot of goals lately, looked a player. The guy who scored, uh, I mean, Gore goal, looked a, looked a decent player as well. And, and uh, Seb Rowland, Kane's younger brother, was up front. And, and, you know, players that will certainly thrive if they're in step six next season, I'm sure. Um, you know, I, I had a nice day, actually. I, I um, got to have a chat with Trevor, the chairman, um, uh, both, well, after the game, or just as the game was finishing, actually, uh, and after the game. And, and Dan was very welcoming as well. And, you know, it just it made me sad actually on on Saturday because I got there um, I got there about twenty past two I think maybe a little bit earlier and I was sat in the car park at Woodstock Park for about ten minutes so I had something to eat and not a single person arrived who was going to the game not a single supporter uh, I've just checked now the final crowd was eighty seven and you know that was a massive game for Canterbury City they put the entrance fee down to five pound for adults. And still only 87 people turned up. And I, and I know how difficult it's been, um, you know, for them at being at Sittingbourne this year. Um, and, you know, it, it's been a disaster of a season for Canterbury City in every single way. Um, you know, and they've not been able to attract any sponsors and anything like that because of it. As, you know, we just we discovered this all at length with, with Trevor the other week. Um, you know, and it just kind of sums it up. And it just felt sad if that makes sense on on Saturday and that you know they've got some young players they've got some experienced heads knocking around uh if they can keep Dan who I think knows what he's doing he's keen to stay I think the club are keen for him to stay and I think if he can do that and, and keep most of the players that he wants to then I think it's it's the the end of a, of a miserable chapter um for, for Canterbury I'm sure uh, if you said to them all, let's just completely forget that 22-23 happened. Let's forget you ever played football at Sittingbourne. I think they'd all be happy, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, it, it's not worked out for them. It's been a real 
uh, a real pity for them. Um, and, you know, I, I thought first five minutes, I thought they looked sharp. Then Irith and Belvedere showed a bit of their class. But then they finished the first half really well, Canterbury City. And I say a couple of good players in there. Um, the left back, uh, I think his name's Nico, dislocated his shoulder. I heard a far too graphic description of how that got popped back in at one stage as well. Mm. Um, you know, but they've got a good mixture actually of, of youth and experience. And I think, as Dan said in that interview, if he had had another three or four weeks, then I think they might well have done it. Um, and, you know, he can hold his head high with the job he's done this season. And I hope that all the time he wants the opportunity to be at Canterbury City next season, he gets that opportunity and can build and can start getting this club looking upwards, you know, and they're, they're talking about this planning permission, which is always imminent with them. But hopefully this will all go through without a hitch. And, and this time next year, when we're talking about Canterbury City on this podcast, they'll be promoted and looking forward to returning to Canterbury rather than relegated. And oh, where are we off to now, Margate? Yeah, I, I think that, again, they've got to get back to the, the town, the city to, to get anywhere going forward. I hope, again, there's so many passionate people who've had that job and we had the chairman on recently as well. And he 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 was passionate. He said he wouldn't have done it otherwise. He's enjoyed, he's watched football in in the Canterbury area, and he'd like to be able to watch it again. Fingers crossed for them, and we'll be looking out for their results next season as well. So it's it's a big season for them. And again, if I'm not doing anything, I might even go and watch a game down the road at Margate. Absolutely, Irith and Belvedere ended a busy week with that draw, uh, and already your tensions have turned to next season and their returns to the Eastern League. Having been well clear at one point, a change manager late in the season helped them eventually get over the line. It wasn't all plain sailings. You're about to hear a very honest interview with the man who's now in charge at the Deers, uh, Matt Longhurst. Yeah, I thought first half we were very poor. Um, I thought that Canterbury looked like they had to get a result and we didn't. And I thought that's what it looked like, which we told the players at halftime. And I thought second half we then were a better team for 90% of it. Obviously, you're always going to get people that put balls in the box and stuff like that, which is this part and parcel of the game. Pitch is quite difficult to play on. Um, but I thought we were in control and should we have won the game <laughs> yeah I think we probably should on chances but um, was it a great spectacle no um, but obviously the job was done at the beginning of the week and that's always difficult then and fair play to the players for the second half performance after what was a flat first half should I say end of a long week for you isn't it well, I mean obviously cause you play Monday and then Wednesday and tonight as yeah well. and obviously and the thing is with it as well where we are where we are in the league Emotionally, it's difficult. Like they've gone from the the, the 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 winning, having to win all the games since I've been here, to then going to getting the point that we needed, to then having to get yourselves back up for it again on Wednesday, then having the emotions and obviously a very late night on Wednesday, stroke Thursday morning, then obviously then a twenty four hour rest and, and and obviously then travelling here to to play another game, having in the back of your mind, regardless of what we say, the league's done. Um, so. Um, yeah, look, I have to commend the players in terms of what they've done since I've been here and obviously the changes that we made to the squad, which has been sort of highly uh, highly spoken about. Um, but at the end of the day, look, we've we've obviously we've won, won a division and obviously we now, next time we come back here, we'll be playing in the league above. So, I mean, I've got to ask you about the, the change and everything. I mean, everything about were miles clear at one point. It didn't make it easy for, for, for yourselves that the club... And then when you obviously you came in, a lot of players left. Mm. How hard was that? Because most people look at it and say, well, he took over a team that's top of the league. But actually, it can't have been that easy for you. Well, I think this is what people have got to realise is at the end of the day, they they were 14th in the form guy when I took over. We got, they'd lost, they'd won one in seven. 
and they were looking very very likely. I mean, this is only what I'm told. I wasn't at those games. I was obviously at other clubs. So I I got a phone call late at night on a on a Tuesday night, um, saying that obviously they'd lost again uh, to Hollands and Blair, and, and and then they were sort of looking at obviously making a change. Um, at the time, I'd not long taken a Burgess Hill job, so I'd said, look, now after I'm doing that, but I worked closely with the guys for for work. And they just said, look, we want you to come in now and get us over the line. And we gave the boys an opportunity in the first game because we didn't have long to turn it around. We lost to Whitstable 2-1. Um, and it was my reputation, the club, um, which ultimately I've got to look after myself, no different to anyone else would, for your own reputation. And obviously I've taken the opportunity to jump a division down. Um, so we had to get this over the line. We had no choice. So it wasn't anything personal against the players. That, that It was just... I know the way that I wanted to play. I knew what I needed to do to win the games to get us over the line. And we had to make personnel change to make sure that that happened. And ultimately, we've brought in the players to do so um, with a style of football that probably isn't uh, necessarily attached to my name. Um, but with the pitches the way they are at the end of the season um, and in the stage of the season the club was at. And since I've changed it, we've lost one game, which was Wednesday night at home to deal. And we haven't lost other than that. And obviously that game, to be honest, we made a load of changes, changed the system. Um, so other than that, we have we haven't lost since I changed the team. So I had eight games in charge, one of which was against Whitstable. Uh, sorry, uh, nine games in charge, one against Whitstable. And then one game w- which we've lost other than that. So I think it's told its own story. Listen, people will say what they got to say, but ultimately that's football. People are allowed an opinion, and I wouldn't ever want that to change. That is what it is. I've got thick skin. I've been in it long enough. Um, and, and again, next year, people are judging you every day. That's what that's what it is. So if you can't handle it, then don't do it. So it's, that's the way I am. You said put your name on the line. It's been a cup tough couple of years really the Ramsgate and then obviously everything that's happened so far this season I guess now you'll be hoping back at Irith and Belvedere a club that you obviously care about deeply that you can just kind of be a bit settled yeah I mean look I was, I was at Ramsgate for a couple of years and I think we built what we built the foundations of which they've obviously moved on again this year but I mean look they've ended up in the playoffs I think if I would have stayed for the last four or five games of last year I think I would have got us in the playoffs We'd, there was nothing to suggest otherwise um, it's disappointing not to finish the job off so to be able to give them the opportunity here the biggest plus for me here and the reason partly because I know the owners personally um, but secondly I'm back in the Ryman League 10 minutes from where I live where I know all the players and there's lots of players driving a long way at the moment that potentially in the summer won't have to do that drive and can come and play at the same level 10 minutes from where they live and to be able to do that and now build a club and you'll see over the next Four to six weeks, you're going to see a lot of change at the club. You're going to see a lot of things be implemented that I implemented at Ramsgate, and you're going to see us build a football club. And, and like I say, the, the owners have been brilliant, and they'll back me to do so. Um, and it's a lot of work to be done, but it's the sort of the fun starts now, really. I was going to say that the hard work does start now, doesn't it? The end of the season, last day. But I'm guessing you've got a, a squad to build and, and everything else as well. We're the football club. The dressing rooms need changing. There's some structural stuff that needs doing at the ground. Um, obviously, from a football perspective, we're going to make a lot of changes to the squad. Um, with the the, the coaching staff and team will be changed um, so yeah there's a lot of work to be done we need a lot of more staff there's not enough people at the club at the moment in terms of the sort of the backroom staff in terms of the secretarial work and the, all the other stuff that goes on at general managers etc etc we need more people to work uh, for the club but that's what the board have been working on ever since we got the promotion on Monday they've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes and we'll meet uh, on uh, Monday or Tuesday and get my deal signed um, for the next couple of years and then um, and then like I say then, then like I say the building really does begin but look, that's, that's the exciting part to be honest because it has been a first team with a few youth teams 
um, we're at the beginning of where we need to be. So, I suppose, you, have you looked at Chatham and, and Sheppey and how they've done this year in the Eastfield and thought, actually, do you know what, this is something we can aspire to? Absolutely. I think what you've got to look at is, I think Chatham and Sheppey uh, are in front of us. I think this time last year they were in front of where we are as a club, as a team, similar. But as a club, if you look at the background and you look at Chatham and you look at Sheppey in terms of the structure, the 3G, the fan base, that's where we're behind them. Um, so obviously that takes a little bit longer. Um, but in terms of aspiring to be those clubs, that's what I want to do. I want to make us one of those type of clubs, which then helps you to get the pit on the pitch stuff right. Um, but there's a lot of uh, the infrastructure that we need to do to catch up with those clubs off the pitch, um, which is what we did at Ramsgate. Ramsgate was getting 150 fans that we turned into 1,000 people. Um, and that's given them the structure and a platform to be able to build and finance and everything else that comes with it. So um, we've got a lot of that to do, but that's what the owners and our in, uh, are really sort of keen on doing, and, and that's, that's going to be obviously largely left in my lap. So. Are there plans to get your own stadium down the line? Or yeah, there's... Happy at no, look, we're happy at Welling, but there's obviously talks of the, ultimately a 3G pitch with training pitches and our own stadium will be the aim. Um, but again, obviously, look, that takes time. But that, that's that's where the club needs to go and wants to go. Um, but the first stage was to get out of this league, and this is a hard league to get out of. Um, so I think a lot, although the hard work is to come, there's been a lot of hard work that's gone in and a lot of blood, sweat, and tears to get it to where it is. And when they took it over, it was on its knees. Um, and, uh, and and yeah, like I say, this is kind of the first hurdle. And but they they want to go up and up again. They they, they do. That's what they want to do. So but now you've got to really build, and you've got to build a club. A fair play to, to Matt for that interview, Matt. And he's given us a really good insight into what was probably a tricky few weeks for him and the club. But now it's all about the future. Looks bright for him from Belvedere. And as we've seen with the three teams from Kemp promoted into the Isthmi League last season, getting out of the scaffold is probably the hard part. Yeah, I, I think that's probably true. Again, a man who's confident in his own abilities. Uh, uh, at one stage, uh, we thought he was going to quit after the... The criticism he got some from some of the players that have been there a long time. But clearly he wants to put down his own marker. Clearly there's going to be an influx of players who've worked with him before, who think that uh, he likes players he can trust with. They will think they um, can be successful at this level as compared to the other teams who've done it this season. So, um, again, he's probably a bit like Marmite, Matt Longhurst to some people. But, you know, he, he gave it a bit of infrastructure at, Ram, at Ramsgate. And he'll try and do the same for Erith and Belvedere. So, if you ask me now, will they be as successful as Chatham and Sheppey? I don't think so. But if I saw it in August who they're going to bring in the summer, because clearly he, he wants a structure in there, you know, they, they could probably, um, could well be up there. But, um, they, you know, they've got the job done. You know, scrambled over the line a little bit at the end where they should have been a long way clear. And there's been a little, you know, eruptions within the camp. But maybe Matt Longhurst is the man who won't take any uh, crap. Uh, is the man to take them forward because he, he'll be desperate for the, to be successful. I think he thinks he's a, a an Eastman Premier League manager, and he's got a chance to do that if he takes them up one more level. I, I've got to say I, I, that was a really good, honest interview. And we had, we had Matt Longhurst on when he was at Ramsgate last year, and we had a really good chat about COVID. I don't know if you remember that one. Mm. Uh, yep. that we had with him. It was just before Christmas when we were thought there was going to be another lockdown. Um, but that was a really good, honest interview, you know, and and I hope people realise I didn't hold back there. You know, I said to him, you know, what happened with those players? And then followed it up with him saying, you know, my reputation. I was like, well, what about your reputation? Because obviously you've had the, the with what happened at Ramsgate and then this as well. 
And you know what? He fronted up and, and you know, really, really impressive bloke, actually. And, and really grateful to him for, for being so open and honest with us on, on the show this week. Uh, and, you know, he will get in the players that he wants for next season. And I'm sure he will be able to build. If he gets the backing, if he gets the right sort of backing uh, in a team that really believe in him, a club that believe in him. And, and from what he said there, the owners know him really well. They really believe in him. I think that they can they can do OK. Yeah, I, I think, I, I, again, I don't see any side going straight up from the scaffold if they keep the majority of the squad or the new manager can attract players who are going to struggle in that division. I think the, the momentum's with him. Um, clearly, he's a focused man and he will be uh, desperate to be successful. And I, I think it probably hurts him that he was sacked by Ramsgate and he thought that he could got them in the playoffs and maybe got them promoted. And now he's got a chance to do that. Um, uh, for Aerithan Belvedere, and uh, he'll be driven to be successful. Another playoff game on Saturday as well uh, between Lidtown and Tooting Becker. As you will have heard in the ad to last week's show, the game was eventually played at Lidtown, and the home side were the victors, winning the game on penalties to get promoted into the Scaffold Premier Division. We will try and get some Lidtown on the show next week. Generally, we were so chock already this week, we couldn't fit it all in. But, Matt, what a stunning, stunning result that is for Lidtown and, and what a season they've had down there. <laughs> yeah, again, we, so we've always followed Lid because I've known you know, a couple of youngsters who've actually played for them, but I don't play for them anymore. But they've gone in there. I wouldn't have fancied them to uh, get promoted, but they have done. Um, fantastic. Really interesting to see how they do um, next season, really. Uh, I assume they can get players in maybe from a Folkestone angle, who get to uh, utilise that, that, that division. But yeah, fantastic achievement. And uh, again, what their expectations will be, we'll be interested to see. Will they throw a little bit of money at it? Will they be able to attract the players in? You know, the couple of players they have playing for them on dual registration, will they be able to get them full-time? It'll be interesting to see. But yeah, for, I know the people who say, the lady used to go and watch it, I worked with when her grandson played. She said they are really, you know, really friendly, great people. And uh, I think they'll be delighted with the promotion. Yeah, Ronnie and Robbie Dolan both played as well as James Rogers played for them uh, on yeah. Saturday. And, and you know, that, do you so agree with that, did... John? It's a, t- I, I, it's a tough one. I mean, both in, in, a, in a lot of ways, you know, what about the players that have got them there? You know, yeah. I think that's a, a big thing. And, and yeah, I think it's not necessarily the the right thing to do actually you know and, and I think Lidtown have had such a great season regardless of bringing those those sorts of players in so why didn't the ones who got them there get that opportunity in the final well I suppose it's a dog eat dog world football isn't it so as it wasn't against the Kent club we're not going to complain so too much but yeah you I think you'd be a little bit miffed but they're utilizing the system to, to their advantage and it's work and they've been promoted uh, while we're talking of playoffs, uh, Bromley have secured their spots in the National League's top seven with victory over Chesterfield at the weekend. They could quite easily uh, meet again in the end of season shindig as well. Uh, Matt was at their game against the Spirites and was with Ravens forward Louis Dennis when Louis Dennis found out they'd secured their promotion spot. Here is Louis Dennis talking to Matt. Yeah, I didn't realise um, until a fan just said we're actually in. But yes, yeah, so that's a great achievement for the club. I think um, now we just got to focus and kick on and actually... Gold away. Yeah, eight games unbeaten. Again, everybody says about momentum in the playoffs. You seem a very well organised, very well drilled outfit. Confidence must be high in that dressing room. 
yeah, I think to a man today, and like you said, for the last eight games, it was always going to come down to who put, put a run together going into the, the end of the season. And we've managed to do that. Um, and credit to everyone at the club. Tough early start, Chessfield. You know, they want to get to that second, uh, third spot in the division. They played, started the game pretty well, but then you know, they had a couple of chances. They didn't do it. And then you came more into it. Billy Bingham deflected a little bit, but he had a good game in midfield for you. Real engine, engine room for you. Yeah, I mean, Billy Bingham, we know he's got that. Um, it's about time he's hit one. His first goal of the season, that is. Yeah, and what a, what a first goal it was. Um, but again, like you said, Chesterfield started really well. Um, we had to soak it up, and that's credit to, to the team for, for tightening up and just soaking it up. Reese made some big saves. But we always knew that, and we always do finish strong and finish half strong, and we did that, and we took our chances, and I think we could have scored three or four. Penalty missed just before half time. Did that deflate the lads going into the dressing room? Um, no, I don't think so because we just got so much belief in that dressing room. Um, we stick together. Um, we've got to have balls to take penalties and we, we rely on Cheeky every time to score them and he scores most of them. So, so yeah, no panic there. Your assist as well. You'll take the assist for the own goal as well. I think Michael Cheek might have got on the end of it as well. Talk us through that. Yeah, again, it was, it was just us on the break. Um, we do it so well. And like I said, if, if, if it wasn't our own goal, then Cheeky would have, would have put it away. Again, one league game left to go. You don't want to take your foot off the pedal now. You, you want to finish as high as possible, is it? You know, you'll be playing, looks like playing a lot of local sides, either Barnet, Boreham Wood as well. And the Bromley fans will come out to those games, won't they? Yeah, 100%. I just think in football, it's just a winning mentality, winning culture. You never go into a game not to win, for me. And um, yeah, we'll be going to Oldham to, to keep that momentum going into the playoffs. Uh, have you seen a side that you're afraid of in this division who are left in the playoffs? No, you can never be afraid of anyone. You know, we know we train every day. We know what we have. You know, we have weapons in our team. And um, like everybody else, it's in the top seven. So, so yeah, we, we got that belief and, and we'll continue with that. You had a great day out at Wembley this time last year. Would it even better that if you can get there and take this club into the Football League? Oh, 100%. Yeah, this is the one. Going up is um, it's the ambition of the club and um, hopefully we can do it. A good chat that one, Matt. Uh, were you impressed by Bromley on Saturday? Yeah, another side that um, uh, play in the style that I like. Where you, you're defensively very, very well organised. Um, and then hit teams on the counter-attack with the pace you've got. I and mean, the players like Cheek, you're always going to score goals. Chesterfield, plenty of nice possession. No real end product. Nicey, nicey football. Bromley, a good National League side. Um, I quite like Andy Woodburn. He's a he's a character, and he has got that football club going in the right direction. Uh, and if it doesn't happen this season, bold statement: if they can keep the investment uh, and the, I can see Bromley being a league club within three years, John. I really do. The infrastructure of that football club is amazing. Uh, there's three thousand eight hundred there. A lot of families. You know, it took about half an hour. That interview I did with Danny Dennis was probably about 25 to 6. That He'd just come off the pitch because he wandered around signing every single autograph for um, every single kid there. They've got so many young supporters. A club that should be a benchmark for clubs in the in Kent of how you, you, you can deal with the community and work together. I know they've had an investment. They've got a good owner who has got a bit of money, but they're doing things ever so right. And I think they're a good side. And I don't think, I fancy them from seeing that performance um, to, to, to cause other sides in the playoff there. 
because they were so well organised and some, had some and they got some good players as well, which which you know differed defensively. Kellen Fisher, left back, lovely player. Topolage, they had from um, Millwall, very good fullback, and they're well organised, well drilled. John, you know, as I say, football's not rocket science. Andy Woodburn has got them organised, and every player knows their job. Chesterfield, plenty of possession, didn't do anything with it. A 3,800 would have them uh, 17th highest attendance uh, average in the league above. So there's no doubt that Bromley can sustain uh, a football league club if they get there. But I think a bit like kind of say with the scaffold as well, the hard thing is getting out of that league and, and, and going up, isn't it? That You know, getting out of the National League is probably harder than staying in League Two sometimes. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Um, but like I say, next season... If not, as County got with Wrexham, it's going to be a, a quite an open league. And I would have thought that a lot of clubs will be thinking this could be our year. If you if you spend money wisely, I think you've got a chance. So uh, Again, they could do it now, probably. But I just like the look of the team, like the look of them, organised. Everybody knows their job. So, yeah, fair play to them. Fair play. I, I, do, I do think... Yeah, Andy Woodman's done a good job. And if you're a Bromley fan, you know, you've had two trips to Wembley. You've been twice in the playoffs to get in the Football League. You've never had it so good. I remember when Bromley were getting 300 people every week. It shows what you can do if you've got a good infrastructure, a good owner who can invest on and off the pitch. But that that club is on the up uh, and a real benchmark if you want to be successful. Fair play to everybody. Yes, they'll, they'll play their playoff uh, eliminator ugh, uh, next week. They play away at Oldham on Saturday. If things stay as they are, uh, then Bromley will travel to Barnet on Tuesday night in the playoff eliminator. Uh, well, if they were to be overtaken by Boreham Wood, who are below them, they would be away, uh, most likely at Woking on Wednesday with the two semi-finals then being played next Sunday. Uh, Maidstone beating home by Notts County on Saturday. They finished their season uh, at Chesterfield, and I'm sure they uh, can't wait to get to the end of this campaign. I've been trying to drag this out because it seems to be a bit of a late kickoff um, to the second half. Uh, there are still five minutes to play. Uh, in the game between Hornchurch and Cray Wanderers, which is the Eastman League uh, Premier Division semi-final. Uh, it's 2-1 to Hornchurch at the moment. As I say, five minutes left to play at normal time. Uh, Hornchurch went 2-0 up, thanks to Sam Higgins and Liam Nash. Uh, and David Jaha got one back uh, for ones who I'm sure are chucking everything at it at the moment, but we'll bring you that full-time score uh, shortly. All the results... Uh, from the Ismian and the Scaffold and everything like that all over the weekend. Uh, do check them out on the website. So I just want to mention in the Scaffold, though, Lordswood, who pooped a party in spectacular style as they went to Punjab United. We spoke to Chippy last week. It was free to get in. It was going to be a great celebration. 7-3 Lordswood won that one, which was uh, probably the result of the weekend. Uh, this all just leaves us with the National League South. So let's get the simple bits out of the way first. The top two in the final standings are from Kent. Ebsweet United, as we know, have won it 100 points, 100 goals. Uh, Dartford will finish second. They will play their semi-final on Sunday, May the 7th, a home to the winners of Tuesday's game between the teams who finish fifth and sixth. Uh, Tumbridge Angels finish at home to Chessant, and they'll end up somewhere between eighth and twelfth, which is a great return in Jay Saunders' first season. Uh, Welling are safe and end up away at Havant, while Fleet host Hungerford, and Dartford finish the regular campaign at Hampton Richmond. But let's face it, it's all eyes on Crabble on Saturday. Part of the equation for Dover is simple. If they avoid defeat, they will avoid relegation. 
But if they lose at home to Weymouth and Dulwich avoid defeat at home to Chippenham, then somehow from being eight points clear of the relegation zone with three games to go, Dover Athletic will be relegated to the Isthmian League. Uh, there is also a chance that Concord can get involved in this too, but they will have to get results against both Haven't and Waterlooville and Eastbourne Borough this week. Um, but I, I suppose, Matt, from your point of view, if you lose to Weymouth, you'll be thinking that you're down because you'll be backing Dulwich to possibly get a result. Uh, but it shouldn't have come to this, should it? No, I did say to you, didn't I, a couple of weeks ago that Weymouth would knock Dover down. Um, I'm not going to go off my long length, my long run up, John, and until next week, even if it's good or bad. Um, what I will say is the um, really uh, nice people seem desperate. To, when you put that tweet out yesterday, if it could have a laughter track for next week's pod, a lot of fans jumped on the board saying yes, yes, yes. So it, it clearly shows that um, Dover are not liked by a lot of clubs and a lot of people would be happy if they got relegated. And um, I would imagine um, from what's gone on that they'll be very happy come five o'clock on Saturday afternoon because I can't I see that- it. And then next week I will go off my long run up because it's an absolute You're a disgrace, John. You're a fan and it hurts. Like that, well, that- um, what I will say is it doesn't hurt. It's it's not anger. It's it's just apathy. That's um, what I find it is, and and something's got to change because um, it, it's not good enough. You know, I don't expect success every week in week out, but uh, I, I, I want to be proud of my football club, John. And I think if you speak to every single Dover Athletic supporter, there's you know. The people they are, um, we're not proud. Of, there's not many of us who are, who are proud of our football club on and off the pitch. There, there was some initial optimism uh, under Mitch Brundle, but that has completely evaporated yeah. uh, in the last few weeks. And, and you know, well, we'll talk about this at, at length next week. But I, I bet by cross, you can't wait for this season to be over, can you? No, and, and, and that's and that's. And that's not good. And as somebody said to me, um, Dover could be could have gone from playing against Wrexham last season to playing next season. Hashtag United. And I think, Christ, that's how far we've we've fallen um, through to mismanagement on and off the pitch. Last game of last season, incidentally, was Dover against Weymouth. And Weymouth won it by two goals to one. Um, With the last minute, Dover should have won that game. They had post about four times. But again, if you're a Weymouth fan, you are absolutely rubbing your hands here because there's going to be a lot of Dover fans absolutely crapping it because they've seen what's gone on the last few weeks and they're going to lose. So, Do you think there'll be a big crowd coming in on Saturday? Or I've seen a few posts on social media from the club saying, you know, get come and get behind us. Do you think that's going to make a difference? Or, or, or are you just expecting the same people to be trudging up Crabble Hill and waiting for the... Uh, waiting for the what what many will feel is inevitable. I mean, you know, a couple of weeks ago, Matt, I said no, there's no chance. And I, but I, I did. did I, in my defence, I did say, didn't I? We're going down. And I did add that if there was any team in the county who I believed could get relegated from that position, it was Dover Athletic. So you know, yeah. but, but, but no, 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 because again, there's no offers. There's nothing to attract people. Right, you know, it's all good for getting behind the team, but. You're paying what I don't know. It's eighteen pound to get in, and you're served up absolute dross for the last few weeks. Um, you're not going to do it. 
surely there should be offers for the supporters, but there's nothing coming. Um, it's not pretty quiet from the, um, the from the chairman. Um, so people are, as I say, not angers, just um, just apathy is set in. And apparently Cray have just equalised, John. Hornchurch 2, Cray 2. Unbelievable scene. So that one will be going on beyond the end of this podcast, I would imagine. Yeah, Yahama yes. Bamba uh, with the late goal. Oh, great name. So I will... Oh, great name came only came on uh, just before the hour as well. So I will do something later on when I'm editing the show uh, to let you know how Craig Wanderers have done and fill you in on if they are in a final, uh, which is being played on Monday. Uh, well, you know, all I can say, Matt, is good luck on Saturday. I will be keeping a, a you will a, be laughing. Really close um, yeah, I, I'm half tempted if they need a result to nip up the road, put on a yellow shirt, and become a Concord fan. Would that help? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, no, I, I genuinely would be gutted for you because, you know, I know you're you're a big Dover fan and everything like that. But, I mean, you've got to think of the listening numbers. It'll be a belting show next week. People will be tuning in just to hear, my, hear me laughing. And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I you need, you need to find well. some um, the laughing policeman so you can just put it in the background, John. Just put it in. So for about 10 But uh, I did enjoy that. I, you know, all these all these fans absolutely loving it, folks. <laughs> Margate, all these other clubs who Dover have annoyed with the um, with their media exploits as well. All, every, everybody's piling in. It, it, there's going to be no support for Dover. And everybody wants Weymouth to stay up, which probably sums the whole situation up, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, people should know as well that obviously Matt and I are good friends and I don't like to see him being miserable, but Jesus Christ, it's funny, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not, not good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I, I'd like to say we'd be back, John, but I can't see that under the current current regime. Well, I promise you an update on Cray Wanderers and what a thriller it was for Cray. They were 2-0 down. They fought back to 2-2. Uh, then they fell behind again in extra time and a stunning long-range goal from Sam Wood brought them back to 3-3. It went to penalties, but it just wasn't to be for Cray Wanderers. They were beaten 4-2 by Hornchurch. You now go on to the final on Monday. But what a season for Neil Smith and Cray Wanderers. They've done fantastically. Their highest ever league position to even get into the Eastman League playoffs. And, you know, they... Had a good start to the season. I think they only lost four games in the first half of the season. Uh, and then it looked like it was going to be too much for them, but they managed to get there in the end into the playoffs. A fantastic campaign. They'll come up short. I'm sure they're disappointed right now, but in time they'll be very, very proud and they'll be a team to watch in the ESPN Premier League next season. Uh, that is it for the football chat uh, you're going to have a rant about Amazon Prime. Is it some sort of delayed delivery that you've got? No, not Amazon Music because... Oh, Amazon you know, Music. I pay my Amazon fee and you get Amazon Music, which is very kind of it. But these days now, they've changed all the systems. So if you play one of your songs, say, um, show my, I want to play, I want to play In Excess Great Six, like a bit of In Excess. <laughs> so so it, it will play one rec, one song and then it will play some random 1980s band. I don't know. I quite, um, Bon Jovi. I don't like Bon Jovi. But as it's linked to that music, it will play it. But you've only got about three skips and about a third from there. So it's a complete waste of time. So, you, so they're asking me to pay like $13.99 to pay for the music. And Amazon Music was brilliant before because you could play all your songs. And it, and it just frustrates me. And people say, go to Spotify. Well, I think they have the same issue as well now. But, you know, all these free products that work really well for people and I've recommended. But now they're trying to um, claw their money back, I think. 
but it's just frustrating because I can't listen to the songs I want to listen to, and they're forcing me to sing to other songs that are not on my playlist. I know it's well, first world not, problems. Well, I have, I, I am uh, Team Spotify. Uh, I have been uh, since my iPod died, um, and all I've got is I've got a playlist that's got about nine hundred songs on it, and yeah. I play that nearly all the time. Uh, and if I want to ask my smart speaker to play that song, that that playlist, it just plays that playlist. Uh, but when I am at um, uh, another venue, shall we say, um, I always have to remember to specify that we want Spotify for the music for the exact same thing uh, as, as Amazon Music, um, you know, because it's like I'll play you this song. But if you want to hear some others, you'll have to subscribe. And it's like, no, 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 no. Just play me the bloody song. Do you know what I mean? It's 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 insane. Yeah, insane. But, but again, and if you Google, when it's all changed, you Google it as well. Everybody else is complaining as well. So it's not just me um, from that point of view. So, yeah, it's just a little bit frustrating. That, again, that's my only gripe this week. And football will be a gripe as well. But that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you never, you never know, Matt. If you can just keep the faith. Um, you know, maybe there should be some optimism squirting out of you all at Crabble this weekend. You know, I think it might be. It may, maybe it's time, Matt, that it's time that things turned around. And this could be the catalyst. This could be the start of something amazing for Dobe Athletic. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you watched anything on the TV that I need to know about? Well, uh, no. What we have been watching is a lot of these. We we catch up um, on a Monday. There's a lot of police stuff on Channel Five. And you want to do these motorway cops and things like yeah, that. Yeah. So we'll watch that. And uh, I, what I will say, you do not, how many people are getting done for drug driving mm. these days? Every single episode, there's somebody, um, A, they're driving without insurance, and B, um, they're either uh, being caught smoking dope the last four days or on cocaine. It's just well, every you know, single episode. Is- and maybe it's a generation yeah. thing, but. I'm just like amazed every week. Yeah, yeah. Drug, drug driving, not drink driving. Drug driving seems to be on the up. Clearly, of watching these programs. So there you go. I'm just, I'm just amazed. Like the, 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 the no insurance is. I'm pretty sure that being over the limit ultimate uh, automatically invalidates your insurance. So that's why they get. That's why they always get that one chucked on every single one. Not that the car's not insured, but I think but actually the, driving it when you're not fit to drive it automatically invalidates it. So uh, talking of car insurance, I had my renewal come through today. Jesus, wet. that's gone up a lot of money. Uh, it has gone up about £170, my insurance has gone up. Uh, and I phoned up and they said, they, no, no, that's the best price they can do. So that's not great, is it? I've managed to get it uh, somewhere else. I think I've managed to get 60 quid cheaper, but... Yeah, not the best, is it? It's uh, yeah, and that time of year, you know, car insurance coming up, bit of a pain in the backside. But what can you do? Um, well, all I can say as we well, go we'll also go back to that, John, as well. I don't know if if, if you've been there. I don't know if you know the smell of marijuana. Have you noticed familiar. that it's prevalent a lot everywhere as well these days? It's, yeah, it's, it's it's everywhere, isn't it? You, you, yeah, you just yeah. walking along anywhere. It's yeah, it's just that's something that you've noticed a lot more. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old. But yeah, you think everywhere you go, you can smell it. So I don't know if we, if people are. Um, well, I think you're less afraid what, to you're less afraid to be known to be doing it out in public now. I think, you no, know. exactly. Well, that could be the case. Yeah, that could be the case. But yeah, that's just one of those things. It's everywhere you go, you think, cool. 
and even my kids know what it is because oh, that's they so um they, they're getting used to the smell maybe maybe you're right that's what it is people are um yeah you can get away with doing it in, in public you couldn't do it when uh, i was a lad no absolutely uh massive good luck to everybody who's got something riding on their game uh over the weekend i mean obviously we are down to uh, very few games actually being played this weekend. We've got the playoff final on Friday night. We've got the set four five playoff between Phoenix and VCD uh, on Saturday. It's shame, as I said, a shame they can't both uh, win that game. But uh, that should be a cracking game if you can get up there. And of course, the finale of the National League South season. Um, I mean, I would say good luck to Dover, but from what Matt's just said. We might as well just say good luck, Weymouth, mightn't we? Uh, anyway, uh, you can find us on Twitter, search for at Kent and L Podcast. You can find us on Facebook, search for Kent Non-League Podcast. You can also find the chat group, uh, which we mentioned a couple of times tonight, Kent Non-League Football Chats. We've already got more than 500 members of that group, uh, so that's really, really good. Uh, do let us know your thoughts and everything as we, well, probably only got two or three episodes left. No, this yeah, season, exactly. Not on. This uh, could, be, the could be my last game of the season, so... Um, I would have thought I can't do the playoffs for the other games, so uh, various things. So well, I can't do the first ones for Dartford. So um, we'll see from there. But yeah, we can then we'll have to have a review of the season. So uh, as anybody said, we're still thinking that Steve Watt win or lose on Friday, Kent manager of the season. Well, we'll discuss that as we go. And as we said, the, the finals of the playoffs on the 13th, 14th of May. Uh, so that will be uh, just in time for our final episode of the season. Uh, so we've got a couple more to go. Uh, and we promise not to let the quality slip. And I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. I think it's a really good one. Uh, all five of those interviews, really, really worth listening to. And, and I think we've been OK as well. And of course, if they do get relegated on Saturday next week, will be a must listen. Uh, mainly because it will just be yeah. me and the laughing policeman. We'll be having a whale of a time. If you again, if you are from one of these other clubs who absolutely hate Dover, please tweet just to cheer me up to see how much really we are hated. Please tweet at Ken Manel Podcast as well, just to think from there. So that did make me laugh when I was uh, people jumping in saying that they want to be relegated. So yeah, yeah. Uh, you can Thanks. also get in touch with Matt directly at Matthew. You know, Saturday. Same laughing know. emojis. Yes. Yeah. 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 If, if Dover get relegated, I want everybody who's listening to the show who's got a Twitter account to just send him a message. Send him an emoji of what your reaction is. It could be a laughing face. It could be a laughing, crying face. It could be one of those ones rolling on the floor laughing. Or it could be, you know, a genuine bit of sympathy, or you may just want to send him a poo. I don't mind, <laughs> just make sure that Matt Gerrard's mentions, if they get relegated on Saturday, are absolutely flooded with Kent Nonley podcast listeners just sending him emojis. Uh, Matt, good luck on Saturday. I I, I hope, um, I don't know, I, I don't know what I hope happens. You don't but care. I hope that- uh, but no, no, yeah, yeah, you're right, I don't. But, I, you know, it'd be good content for next week's show uh, either way. Thank you, everybody, for listening uh, to this week's show. We hope you've enjoyed it because we really have uh, as well. And we'll speak to you all next week on the Kent Lee podcast. I mean, it could be the best show ever. As Ted Blasso says, you've got to believe.